Meredith Football Podcast, David Lawson and Stefan Housen back again this week to just, you know, have a football conversation on what, what we find interesting, what we find annoying in this week's activities of football. Stefan, what's going on? I'm good, man. Look at us being consistent. Two weeks in a row. Proud of us. I'm going to try and be even more consistent. I really wish I had more people to talk to. Being in a country... Well, actually, I'm in mid-thought right now because I'm watching Lucas carry the ball for Tottenham. Tottenham, nice pass by Lucas. Woo! 2-0. Tottenham up 2-0. <laughs> the irony of that, of that happening, Stefan. I was just, this whole podcast was going to us be talking us talking about what's wrong with Tottenham. And they're up 2-0. So it seems like we should do a podcast every time Tottenham is going on. If you're a Tottenham <laughs> fan, please. No, let, let's, not, let's not encourage the Spurs fans. Nice goal by Sunday. Good, you know, Stefan. When 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 I watch Lucas play, Lucas looks at the type of footballer that has every attribute to be a good footballer. He's carrying the ball at extremely controlled pace. He goes between two defenders and he slips it to Sad and Sun scores, who's having a fantastic season. That is not an easy thing to do, you know, because the it's snowing, the grass is wet, it seems to be quite heavy, and he's carrying it. He's using his pace, using directional control. And he does it. And then for the next three weeks, he looked like trash. Well, that's always been his problem, the consistency. I mean, if you go back all the years back to Brazil when he was at Sao Paulo and Neymar was at Santos, that was prophesied to be the big debate. Who's going to be bigger between Neymar and Lucas? Um, that was quickly settled because, as we've all seen in his career so far, Lucas has, has the consistency of one of the worst players in the league. As a consistency of a rock trying to move in the wind. <laughs> I like that one. I just, I just created it, by the way. I don't know who had those prophecies. I, I watched Lucas play when he was in Brazil. I never saw that, but I do remember Tim Vickery years ago proclaiming him to be a Brazilian Walcott, and people found offense in that. And honestly, you know, when we talk about Theo Walcott, Theo Walcott really got a bad rap for many years. Theo Walcott was a very good football player for Arsenal. And oh, for sure. Like, two, two things ruined Theo Walcott. There's two things that ruined Theo Walcott. Sven Goran Eriksson taking him to the World Cup and not playing him at 17 years old. And the fact that he was seen as the English Thierry Henry when he was nothing similar in any way, shape or form. He was more an English Michael Owen who got shunted out to the wings to become an English Freddie Lundberg. Stop talking. Oh, it didn't count. I thought West Ram pulled one back. All right, continue, Stefan. Yeah, so I was just saying with Theo Walcott, it's, it was media hype for no real reason. Compared him to Thierry Henry, they gave him too many expectations as a youngster and he couldn't fulfill them. But when and you look back on his career, I mean, as a wide forward for the majority of his career, he had 500 games so far, 120-something goals. That's, that's a pretty good record for a wide forward. When I look at Theo Walcott, and you mentioned the name that I try never to speak, he actually is in China, um, the former manager of England. And I missed him so briefly when he was here um, by 24 hours, because I sure have many words for him and uh, <laughs> that he put me through. Uh, um, but when, when you mention a, a player like Theo Walcott, right, and you look at a player like Lucas, right, they, they have all attributes to play in a previous era. Uh, the previous era being in the 1990s where you play with a big man and a small man. Yep. And that, that is an attribute where 
Theo Walcott was never skillful enough and never developed enough skills. I partly believe a lot of that was his, his inability to be consistently healthy when he was younger. So he was unable to really train a lot of those intricate skills that he needed. So yeah. that was the main thing. And so he, he ended up relying on just the physical attributes. But at 16, for, for a player at 16 to be playing in the championship is, I don't care who you are, that's, that's incredible. And, but, but, I'm, but I mentioned him because, you know, the name. <laughs> like you look at a player like William, for example, who got so much ratings in the EPL. William was not, was not better than Theo Walcott. Another player that was rated in the Premier League, Valencia, he wasn't better than Theo Walcott. All of these players for time got ratings until later on then the light must have been shone on them. And people were like, oh, they're crap. But with Theo Walcott, it was, he was just, he, people just had an opinion on him from the start. They either liked him or disliked him. And there was just nothing they were going to do about it. They said he was just either fast and useless, um, no end product, or he was, just a player who would eventually come into his own. Um, but in actual fact, he was a very good player. Like right now, Arsenal could definitely use him. Like it, like Theo Walcott's best season, I tell you, is better than the madness that I'm seeing from Pepe. I agree with that. I have actually said it's quite ironic that um, towards the end of Arsenal Wenger's reign, when they had that front three of Sanchez on the left, Giroud, and then Theo Walcott on the right, they played a certain kind of way. And they moved away from that by signing the likes of Obama Young and Lacazette, who were more poacher-type forwards. And yet now with Arteta, Arteta, who played under those Wenger teams, is setting up his front three to play in a similar way to them. And Obama Young is an inferior version of Sanchez. Lacazette is an inferior version of Giroud. And Pepe is an inferior version of Walcott. And that's, well, why that's why they're 10. To, to be fair to Arteta, I do think that he's also trying to mix in some of David Moyes' philosophies, that philosophy <laughs> being not being very good. Um, but uh, I do think, jokes aside, though, I think he's trying to be, uh, be a more patient manager, a type of manager who can be reactive, but at different, different spells in the game, be able to be proactive. And unfortunately for him, he's stuck in two middle ground and he has players from two different eras yeah, that it just doesn't make it. two different managers. I shouldn't say two different eras, two different managers. So does yeah. the mold is just so hard to 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 conjure up. I agree. I think the move from Wenger to Emery was a very different manager, and I think Arteta might be in the middle of both of them. But the squad mm -hmm. isn't there yet. That's Arsenal's main problem. They have an offense that plays a certain type of football, and a, a midfield and defense that plays a completely different side of football. Watching them against Villa yesterday, I did see a lot in there to like. For example, they did dominate Villa. Villa isn't very isn't a very good football team. You know, yeah. people are saying they're having a great season. Uh, yeah, I guess ninth place. They're they're okay. They if if Villa didn't have Jack Grealish and they were in ninth place, nobody would care. But because they have Jack Grealish, who is the type of player who most people like. Because stylistically, he's extremely flareful. So he's a type of player that you will gravitate towards. If they didn't have him, nobody would care about Villa. Watching that game yesterday, Arsenal looked like the much better team. They made one mistake. And by much better team, I meaning Arsenal is the better team. They have better players. They control most of the game. I felt up until late where the game got stretched. 
And I think, and I feel like that's the problem with Arsenal because now when Arsenal has that, we are better than you. We have the ball. They just don't have the personnel to to take being behind one nil and now make it four winning four one like they used to back in the day day day. Yeah, I was actually speaking to some Arsenal fans yesterday, and I was saying that um, the offense, as I've been saying since last summer, is their main issue. I looked at yesterday's games. Aston Villa are now ninth. Arsenal are tenth. I think it was the same before the game, regardless. And um, I said to them straight up, you know, Jack Grealish is the type of player Arsenal needs in their team. If Arsenal had Jack Grealish, they wouldn't be tenth. They wouldn't be ninth either because they're a much better team than Aston Villa. They'd probably be fifth or sixth or fourth in that kind of argument. Aston Villa, they have Jack Grealish at their ninth. That's their level. He doesn't make well, I'm, that much of a difference. Well, I, I, I do, I do see a lot in that though, but I would, it would be interested to see how Jack Grealish and Obama Young would fit together. Because that work. <laughs> that's just me. I'll say that oh, yeah. right now. I think Obama Young needs to go. Because yeah, well, I said that last year. I didn't think I should have signed him. Because when Jack Grealish, Jack Grealish, who I think is a very good football player, he does have a weakness in terms of that. He doesn't shoot the ball as consistently well as that so he comes and I think he knows it so his def- his 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 defense he normally and by I say defense I mean what his natural instincts is to do is just to consistently reverse pass the ball yeah. um and we you see with Watkins Watkins is always going to make that that run for him whereas yeah. Obama Young you know at his age Obama Young is going to make the runs that he wants to make because these are the runs that have been successful for him where he wants to go so I don't see how that would have been a, that would have been interesting. Uh, but speaking of Jack Grealish, though, do you think that City should buy him? That's an interesting one. I think I need to see how City finish this season before they're going to win the title. That's, that's <laughs> I mean, yes, breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. Liverpool might beat them later today. We'll see. But um, that's true. But that's yeah. that's not my main issue with Man City. You know, they still want the Champions League title, and I, I think a lot of what they do this summer will depend on that. Should Man City buy him right now? I mean, quality is quality. You always want more quality in your team. I've never been convinced with um, Riyad Mahrez for Man City. You know, Aguero might be on the out and they definitely seem to like the idea of Sterling playing through the central areas or Bernardo Silva. So Jack Grealish could have a spot. Would be, it would be fairly interesting to see. I think it's the type of player that Pep would love to mold. Yeah, but it didn't really work with Riyad Mahrez, and that's what caused for um, concern. And the thing with Grealish is he's going to have to score goals there. Yeah, he's going to have to score uh, goals. And the other thing with Grealish is Grealish is a heavy ball handler. Yes. So that might be interesting for their type of front three, because Man City's front three, as you said, it didn't really work with Mahrez, who's similar in that vein, where he's a heavy ball handler in the front three. Their other components are more quick pass, shot, get it over with. And playing against teams that, that won't stretch you as much because, and you see that with Maris where he consistently gets the ball in the final third around the box and he has to dance on it and he's tapping it, he's massaging it, he's looking like he's going to do something, but he's going nowhere. Yeah. Not, not because he's an idiot, but because there's just nothing there. So he has to try and yeah. then the opportunities that you do get, it just, you know, doesn't come so. That'll be interesting. I don't. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't select. I wouldn't select Manchester City for Jack Grealish. But I would love to see him go. Uh, speaking of another player that we like to see go, Harry Kane. Harry Kane, you know, scored today for Tottenham. Been out for um, for a week or so. He 
he has never won a trophy. But I really don't like that stat. I believe that Hurricane coming up in the Tottenham youth system and where he has come from, what Tottenham means to him, similar to Jack Grealish, him being in the squad and helping them compete, I believe is every bit of a trophy as if he had won it somewhere else. Um, I, I, that's I, why he never left. Okay. Yeah, no, here's, I'm, I'm with you. I've always hated the idea of a player needs to leave to show ambition. That makes no sense to me. Why? As well, a... let me stop you. Let me stop you. I do believe Jack Grealish should leave Aston Villa to show ambition because Aston Villa is never going to be passed better than ninth. Um, there are no absolutes in my opinions ever. But what I'm saying is, if you're a, if you're a hurricane, you have come through Spurs. You brought them to a certain level. Let's let's not kid ourselves. They've gone to Champions League finals. They're in a Carling Cup final now. Um, they're in or around the Champions League spots. They're not way off of success. It's similar to one of my favorite players of all time, Francesco Totti. Francesco Totti could have left and gone to Real Madrid many times and won several La Liga titles. He stayed at Roma and he won one Serie A title. Which is more ambitious, winning with Roma or winning with Real Madrid? I would say the idea of wanting to win with Roma is more ambitious than wanting to win with Real Madrid. But the yeah, idea but okay, no, no, to just cut you about Totti, Totti played um played in Italy and in Rome where him being being in Roma meant so much to the that part of Italy and if he had left the, the let's just call him the hooligans would not have been too proud. <laughs> and also played for a team that could have won could win the World Cup and did win the World Cup. Win which World Cup? Women's <laughs> World Cup. <laughs> Maybe Women's World Cup. That's the only World Cup. <laughs> they have an under-12 tournament coming up. Oh, my gosh. But, You're terrible. But, but, yeah, I understand your point, though. Uh, I didn't mean to cut you, but I, I do think that there is ambition to show, but I do feel like it has come and gone for Hurricane. If he, if he was going to do it, he should have done it years ago. Uh, but he, he but really and truly, I remember Gary never made the point. If this was like in the early 2000s, Kane would have definitely have been gone because Manchester United or Chelsea, whoever was coming with so much money, that yeah. But whereas the, the clubs now are making so much money, you can be loyal to your boyhood club, club more, um, like uh, like Jack Grealish, who I do think should move because Aston Villa they're lucky to be in mid table next season, they could be. Relegation. relegation spots yeah for sure yeah so and watching them yesterday they have 30 percent of the possession against an arsenal side i don't think is very good and yeah. uh, so you know I, I just feel like they've been they've been fortunate on their signings watkins has scored 10 goals russ barkley has contributed well enough uh mings has play has a decent comeback season so all in all it's pretty well yeah i agree with you Final thing on Spurs, though, before we move on. Jose Mourinho, is, is he still the man? Well, he has to be, because who are you going to get to coach them next? You can't, you, you, you're just going to just keep firing managers. Like, it comes a point where Levy has to look at himself and look at the signings that he's making and the type of personnel that he has. Uh, Levy understands the budget that he's on. And Levy consistently tries to make the type of signings of athletic, bouldering, 
one-dimensional football players, whether it be at right back, whether it be a defensive midfield, whether it be at attacking midfield, whatever, like Lamella, who is just an ordinary, ordinary attacking player with a little move. He's never going to be a type of dominant football player. You look at Dembele, who I just say, he's just, he's just Ross Barkley to me. I've you said end that. End on Bailey. Yeah, and Dom Bailey. And Dom Bailey. I was calling him Dom Dom. <laughs> I called him, yeah. Um, dom, the Dom, Dom, Dom. Not as in he's dumb. Just, just the way he moves. He has the ball, no. He, fantastic on the turn and like what he's doing. And he can turn. He has to drop his shoulder and pass the ball. He reminds me so much of Ross Barkley. Enthusiasm without much of a direction. Yeah. He can occasionally strike a ball, but will never be consistent cannot pick a pass, can only play when there is 10 yards of space in front of him. And if there's no space, he's naturally going to turn his back and go back and try and shift back and then make a sideways pass. He's not a forward thinking player. There's nothing, there's nothing good about him to, to, to rave about. He's a one-dimensional good football player, similar to Ross Barkley. Uh, you look at Hoiberg, who was getting so much credit at the start of the season. He's a one-dimensional defensive media. He's not going to boss any football game. He's just not. You look at the same with Lucas. He's just a bench player. The only players that they've had is Son and Harry Kane. Yeah. That's it. The only ones that have more than one element to their game. Harry Kane can drop deep. He can play off the last man. He can pull off. He can score goals. He can contribute in different ways. He can hold up the ball. Son can play left, he can play right, can play down the middle. So there's a versatility of positions. He will score goals. He plays well off of the counter-attack and he, he has a knack of finding getting critical goals. There's versatility there. Every other player, there's just one thing they're good at. Aurier is good at being a clown. Their <laughs> defenders are good at yeah, now being you're saying, you're, you're saying all these things and I, I agree with them for the most part, but where does that leave Mourinho? You're, you're saying that Levy's making the signings. He's backing Mourinho in a way that he really didn't back Poch. And the reason for that simply is because Mourinho is supposed to be the guy that takes them one step further. Instead of losing in the final, they're supposed to win the final. Do you think Mourinho is ever going to be the guy that wins the trophy for Spurs? Do you think they're good well, I think he, I think they can win a Carling Cup. Yeah, they have a final coming up against Ma Steve yeah. McLaren. Steve McLaren won a Carling Cup. We can won a Carling Cup. So yeah, it, it's possible. I'm not going to say no. It's a one-off game, of course. Like if Spurs won, it'll be like, yeah, wow, good. You know, they have they beat the Spurs managed to knock out City in the Champions League. More, it was more City choking, but still they managed to do it. City, I can say, having an off game after having weeks of being on form. And yeah. Pep seems to be forever unlucky in many of these cup tournaments, especially in Europe. I don't think Levy could be that well. Sports make dumb makes makes us all stupid. Yeah. Um, could really think that Jose is going to take that far. I think I just figured Jose took the job because it was a good way to get back in the Premier League. He felt like the team was good enough, and he could probably be better than what you, he could probably do better than Manchester United. But I don't really feel he thinks that Tottenham, the way they're constructed compared to the other teams can really win, especially the way how he wants to play and the way, and he can get away with that at Tottenham with these types of footballers. But the Premier League, no, that's just not going to work. Even if, if it was years ago where you had a situation where Liverpool had injuries or whatever, 
maybe it could work, but then you have City, and City then, City had bad luck last year, it switches this year, so I just don't see it, and they, their players make too many mistakes, they're yeah. just mistake-prone, um, and I watch Ben Davis play, like, Ben Davis' father must have some stocks, <laughs> <laughs> he must have some shares in this Tottenham PLC stadium, <laughs> he's a, Talk about a Wigan level player, man. Like, those are the type of players. He's a strong guy. He's going to put in a shape. But those guys are not real footballers <laughs> of any quality, man, that, that you want to really expect. So, yeah, that's an interesting tweet on Twitter yesterday about um, from Spurs fans actually saying that based on how Mourinho is having his team play and the results not going as 100% as he would like. It's a good thing that fans aren't in the stadium because Spurs fans would have turned on him by now and put pressure on him. You think there's any validity to that? Yeah, definitely. I've heard that all around. I hear that with Newcastle fans. I hear that with Chelsea fans. I hear that with Manchester United fans when Oli was going through his, his problem. Granted, I don't think it would have been as severe with Oli because the fans seemed to want to back him. Yeah. Whereas when, when Jose was Manchester United, half of the fans didn't like him from the get. Yeah, in like whereas whereas Ole can play absolutely nothing football, set up his teams to just not win against every good team, and fans will tolerate it. Jose does that and says, "Yeah, I'm, I'm here to get the results." They're like the media and everybody will turn him because, as you know, the media has favorites. The media oh, yeah. like Frank Lampard, um, so maybe that would have helped. That would have it wouldn't have helped Frank Lampard because of Roman Abramovich, but. You, they, you could see that they were trying to help Frank Lampard. Um, they, oh, they're they, still trying. Like, to, yeah, they're, they're still, still trying, trying to help. Because I even saw one of the one of the very first interviews or press conferences um, Tuchel did. He mentioned, I'm not exactly sure what it was. Something like um, the number of um, receptions or whatever, or winning the ball back in the in the final round, in the final third. How much times his team improved on that within one game? And the first reaction was nerd manager from the media. <laughs> and you know yeah. that perception of the English fan and the English media is they're, they're not really into the sports science part of it. They want the passion, the blah, 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 the bravado. So that's, that's the media setting up Tuchel to fail already. They've already called him the vegan nerd manager. Well, yeah, because they don't like him from the start. They, they've, already, they've already made they're that So they're going to they're gonna treat, him, treat him like that. And when you look at... When you look at Newcastle, you see it with Steve Bruce, who's just really a horrible football manager. Yeah. Um, it's an all-around garbage manager who should who should probably manage in um a girls' team somewhere. <laughs> but Stefan, before we go, I will be talking for quite a while. Who who do you have as your player of the year so far? Uh Premier League player of the year. Can I be super out there and say, as of right now, I would give it to Ilkay Gundogan? All right. That's who I have. I, I think he's, he's important. No, no, no. I don't want to get into that. Let's oh, you don't get into that. All right, cool. Who do you have? Next week. Who do I have? Yeah. You're not going to believe who I have. We'll save it till next week. No, I can't do that. <laughs> I'll, you, I'll save it till next week, man. That's All right. Good. Good catching up with you. Look forward to talking some more uh, with you later after the Liverpool-Manchester City game. All right. All right. Peace. Good.
Yes.